Um, I'm going to get good morning, Pathway, and good morning to those that are watching with us online. I am super fired up about this message today, so I just want to tell everybody buckle up because it could get a little wild in here, but I'm really, really excited because what I've seen over the past six weeks as Pastor Marty has been out um, on sabbatical, I have seen God working and orchestrating every message that has been spoken over the past six weeks. These messages have been God-ordained because you can watch, as Pastor Mark said, the way that they're, they have been weaved all together. God has woven all these messages together, and I believe that every message has a purpose because God is preparing us for what's next. He's preparing us for that move, that breakthrough that is coming. And how many many of you would agree that this has probably been the hardest year of some of our lives, or one of the hardest? I mean, I love every time we turn a new month, now, we're in the month of August, hard to believe. You see all these funny memes start coming out on Facebook, like, okay, what level of Jumanji are we in now? Or are we going to, what, like, strange creature or anything like that? Are we going to release the murder hornets, the human-sized bats, whatever is it going to be? But, <laughs> you know, here we are. We're in the heat of a battle like we've never seen before like we've never seen before. We're in the heat of a battle. And I was on the phone the other day with a friend of mine and we were talking about everything going on and, you know, getting, you know, we have um, sons that are best friends and we're talking about the school year and things like that. And I made the statement to her, I'm like, I'm just so sick of all of this. I wish God would just wipe this virus off the face of the earth. And she said in that moment, and it's something we've all heard before, she said, he's not going to do it till we cry out to him, till we pray to him. And she's right. She's right. We are in the heat of a battle, a battle like we've never seen before. But guess what? God's equipped us with everything that we need. He's given us prayer. He's given us his word, the most powerful weapons. But what God is wanting us to do is he, he's wanting us to not stand down. I think so many times as Christians, we think we're supposed to be passive. We think we're just supposed to live defeated and live as a victim. But that's not how God designed us. God wants us to stand up, stand firm, and apply spiritual warfare to what we're going through right now to apply spiritual warfare, to apply the weapons and the tools that he has given us to the battle that we are in right now. Today, we're going to look at chapter six in Ephesians. And what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read Ephesians six, verse 10 through 19. I'm going to read it first, but then we're going to revisit these scriptures later on. But we're going to be talking about the armor of God. And I titled this message, Take Your Place. Because like I said, as Christians, so many times we think we're just supposed to rest, throw our hands up, and just wait for Jesus to come back. But we have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do before he comes back. We have a world that needs to be reached. We have people that have not heard the gospel. So it's time for us as Christians to stand up, use our God-given voice, use our God-given talents, and take 
our place. Take our God-given place. So let's look at chapter 6 in Ephesians, verse 10. And it says, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation of, uh, as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan. That the good news is for the Jews and the Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador, so that I pray I will keep speaking boldly for him as I should. I believe more than ever before, it's time for the church to stand up and take our God-given place. It's not a time to stand down. It's a time to stand up. It's time to apply spiritual warfare to our lives. But in order to be effective, in order to do this, we have to know who God is, who we are, and what our God-given place is. If you back up in the book of Ephesians and you look at the first couple of chapters, Paul explains to us who we are. It says we are blessed. You see, there are blessings right now being deposited into your account waiting for you to grab hold of them, waiting for you to live your life as a blessed person heavenly blessings, so much better than the earthly blessings. And then it goes on to say that we are chosen. God chose you. He chose you. Like you've heard me say before, God couldn't bear to be separated from you. So he sent his son Jesus for you because he wanted to be connected back to his children. And Jesus made the way for that. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Before you were born, he had a blueprint for your life. He knew you were called to do great things and there was a purpose for you. And then it goes on to say that we are accepted. We are accepted. We are not alone. We are not isolated. We are accepted. When you trust in Jesus, when you put your faith in Jesus, you are a part of God's family. You are a part of God's family. The greatest act of unconditional love was God sending his son Jesus for us. And through the, his blood, we are redeemed. There is redemption through his blood. And we should be walking as sons and daughters because we have an inheritance. We are royalty. 
We have an inheritance. And then in Ephesians 2, it says we are his workmanship. We were created for good things, good things. Yes, we're going to go through struggles. Yes, we're going to go through hardships in life. We live in a fallen world, but that we were not created for those struggles. We were created for good things, to do good things, to live a life that's abundant. And then it goes on in 14 and chapter two, verse 14, and then 19, as it goes on, it says, Jesus came and broke the walls of division, and we're no longer strangers. We're no longer foreigners. We're no longer alone. We are a part of God's family. And then as the book of Ephesians goes on, it talks about in chapter four that we are supposed to live a life worthy of the calling because we have been called. We're not supposed to walk around defeated. We're supposed to walk around with boldness and confidence and use our voice and use what God is speaking to us. That's how we as sons and daughters of the King are supposed to live our lives bold with confidence, taking our God-given place. The enemy is a great deceiver. He's a manipulator. He is the father of lies. And how many of us know that when the battle starts, it starts in our mind. Those negative thoughts start and we begin to believe those things. And when we believe those things, there's a door that's been opened to the enemy for him to work through like a puppeteer controlling what's going on. But when we renew our minds daily and we do a check, okay, hey, what's going on? Is there an open door? Is anything going on? And we renounce those lies and we receive God's truth in our lives and what his word says about us and what he wants to speak to us. When we receive his truth, that door has been closed and the enemy has no power, no power to work through you again. When we become aware of these things, when we become aware of who God created us to be, of who God called us to be, it freaks the enemy out. It scares him because he knows who you are and what you can do and what you can accomplish for the kingdom of God. And that scares him. It freaks him out. But when we become an individual when we become a family, when we become a church, when we become a society that is grounded on the word of God, imagine what we can do. Just imagine what we can do when we are unified as one body. Imagine what we can do. We are victorious because the battle's already been won. The battle's already been won through what Jesus did. Jesus defeated death, hell, in the grave. The battle's already been won. So when we fight, we fight from victory. Not for victory. Victory's already been won. We fight from victory. In Colossians 1, verse 13 through 17, it says, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. 
He existed before anything was created and he is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made the things we can see, the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authority in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. You see, God saw a broken world. He saw a broken world. He saw a world in need of a savior. And he gave the greatest gift of all. He showed us unconditional love and gave his son for us. And Jesus knew exactly what he had to do. He knew what he was sent here to do. And he was mocked and he was beaten and he was bruised. And every drop of blood that was shed was for you and I, so that we could be transferred out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. When you come to know Jesus, you are brought from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, and the enemy's authority has been taken away. It has been taken away. And when we live for Jesus, when we live our lives with him, we have authority in him. We have authority through him. We are under his covering and his authority. There is nothing that the enemy wants to do more than to distort the truth. We see evidence of this now. Just look on social media every single day. There's so much chaos and confusion. When you read the comments, don't read the comments. There's a lot of people (laughs) arguing and fighting and just... The, just the truth is being distorted. It just keeps us all, you know, riled up and, you know, it, confusion and chaos and all of those things. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants us to be divided. He wants it to be chaotic. His schemes are to make us believe lies, to compromise our beliefs, to keep us defeated. But the enemy can't take your salvation. He can make your life a mess if you allow him to make you miserable, but he can't take your salvation. And we have to stand firm and take our place. In John 8, 44, it says, for you are children of the father of the devil and you love the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and he is the father of lies. He is a liar and he is the father of of lies. In John 10, 10, it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, not just a good life, an abundant life. And then John 8, 31 through 32, it says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to the teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When we receive God's truth, we can either let our feelings run the show, let our emotions run the show, or we can trust in his truth. When you receive Jesus, you are under his authority and the enemy no longer has authority in your life. You have authority through Jesus. You are under his covering. And when we receive that truth in our lives, 
when we say no to those lies, when we replace those negative thoughts with his truth, we are truly set free. We are no longer in bondage to those thoughts, those lies anymore. We are set free. In order to be effective in this battle, we have to be aware and we have to stand firm. We have to be aware, we have to be alert, we have to stand firm. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I don't wanna give the enemy too much attention, but what I do wanna say is that we have to be alert and we have to be aware. He's been using the same strategies he always has, but he's a great deceiver, he's a manipulator, he's a father of lies. But yes, we have to be alert to the enemy's schemes and his strategies, but we also have to be alert to what God is doing. The doors he's shutting, the doors he's opening, the people he's putting in our life, the people he's removing from our lives, how he's connecting dots, how he's battling for you and your family. We have to be aware of a God that is not going to give up on us, that is, keep, that is going to keep fighting for you and I. We have to stand firm in that. I wanna go back to um, Ephesians chapter six, and I wanna look at those scriptures, uh, verse 10 through 13. And it says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy and the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will stand firm. Paul tells us several times to stand firm. And he also tells us to put on the entire armor of God. We have to suit up with Jesus daily. Daily. We never know what we're going to face each day. And we have to be equipped and ready for it. And we cannot rely on our own strength in this battle. We have to rely on God's strength. God's strength renews us. We run and we don't grow weary. We walk and not faint like it says in Isaiah 40, 31. We wait on the Lord and he renews our strength because our strength on our own is ineffective in this battle. But God's strength is effective. And when we stand firm and we rely on his strength and we equip ourselves and we suit up with Jesus daily, the safest place to be is in an intimate relationship with the Father. That's the safest place to be. That is why prayer and reading his word is so important. Like I said, this has been a hard year. But in the past couple of months, I have realized more than ever before how important that daily time in his word and praying, going to war each 
day, going to that place, going to battle each day, calling out his promises, calling out what's been said over you by God, calling those things out. We have to do that daily. And not only do we have to pray, we have to read his word. We have to study it, meditate on it, not just carry it around with us, not just glance at it a few times. We need to know his word because God speaks through his word. We also have to understand that we are battling the unseen. We are battling the spiritual realm. We're in the heat of the battle, but the battle isn't people. If you want to read a book on spiritual warfare, I would encourage you to get Dr. Tony Evans' book, Victory in Spiritual Warfare. It's a very easy read, and it is, there's so much meat in that book. But he says in, in his book that the battle in the unseen is what is responsible for the battle in the scene. This is a spiritual battle. We have to fight the unseen before we can fight the seen. We have to understand what's going on. We have to be aware of what's going on. The enemy is watching each one of us. He's watching the movie reel of your life. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what distracts you. He knows what hurts you. He knows what isolates you. He also knows your strengths. And he knows the impact you can make and what you can do for God. And he may have a documentary of our life, but it's time for us to watch him. It's time for us to study his schemes, study his strategies. Remember who is on our side, who has the authority, who has given us authority in Jesus. We have all that we need to fight the enemy. We have all that we need in this battle. We have been equipped with every piece of the full armor of God. We have to stand firm, put on the full armor, and take our place. We are victorious in Jesus. We may face struggles in life, but we can rest and know that there is a God who is at war for us who is at war for our souls, who's at war for our families, who's at war for our children. There is a God fighting for us and he wants us to be alert and he wants us to know the enemy's strategies, to study them so that we can be prepared because if we don't know, we won't be effective. We have to know what's going on in the unseen. We have to know what's going on in the spiritual realm so we can fight, so we can fight effectively. I'm going to ask them to put up a, um, I'm a teacher, so I like visuals. So I have a picture of the full armor of God. And as you go on in chapter six, verses 14 through 19, it talks about the full armor of God. And I'm just going to kind of summarize it. But if you look, this armor, Paul talks about the full armor and he's making a reference to like what Roman soldiers would wear. And so you see that they're covered from head to toe, equipped for battle. And when he starts off talking about the armor of God, he starts with the belt of truth. So when you're getting ready in the morning and you put on that belt, that belt helps hold your pants up, right? <laughs> it keeps all the pieces together in your outfit, right? The belt of truth holds it together. Who is truth? Jesus. 
He's truth. He holds it all together. He's our stability. And when we receive his truth, our thoughts become his thoughts. We have to renew our minds daily. We have to study his word. That's why it's so important. We have to study his word and apply it to our lives because his word, his truth, holds all the pieces together. And then it goes on to the breastplate of righteousness. When you put your faith in Jesus, you are justified. You are forgiven and the righteousness of Christ is put in you. Righteous is being made right doing what is right. We are made right when we come to know Christ. And that breastplate protects our hearts. And then it goes on to the shoes of the gospel of peace. And I had bought a couple of pairs of shoes to wear this weekend. And so I was getting ready this morning. And of course, you know, your shoes are typically the last thing that you put on. And then you're ready to go when you put on your shoes. Well, this, you know, if you put on your shoes before putting on your jeans, it's going to be a little hard getting your boots through there or whatever it may be. But I was putting on the shoes and I started walking around the shoes. And I was like, yeah, this is not going to work. I'm either going to trip or my feet are going to be killing me. I'm not going to wear these today. But then when I decided on a final pair of shoes, I was ready to go. The shoes represent readiness. The shoes represent that we're going to stand firm, that we're ready to march out there and share the gospel of peace. Because good news, God's good news, the gospel brings peace into people's lives. We have a world that has no peace. We have a world in a storm. We have storms in our life right now. And we need to hear the gospel of peace. They need to hear the gospel of peace. We have to put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Be ready, stand firm, and share the gospel of peace. Because the enemy wants to attack our peace. He wants us to feel like we're drowning. He wants us to feel defeated. He wants to attack our peace more than ever before. We have to be ready. We have to be equipped. Then it goes on to talk about the shield of faith. And the shield of faith in Roman times, they use that to um, protect themselves against like fiery darts, fiery arrows. The Roman soldiers could hide behind the shields. Um, They would dip the arrows in oil and then light them and then shoot them at their opponents. And so the soldiers would put up their shields to protect them. A lot of times they would dip their shields in water to quench those fiery darts. The enemy has fiery darts against us. He has assignments planned against us right now. And when we stand in our faith and we trust in God's word and we trust that what God has spoken, what God has breathed is truth, then we're able to quench those fiery darts. We're able to cancel the assignments of the enemy in Jesus' name. But if we let our shield down and we abandon our faith and we begin to question, that protection comes down. And I want to say to you today, too, you may be in a crisis of faith. Don't give up. Reach out. Ask somebody. Call call the church office. Talk to one of the pastors or, or your life group leader or a friend, whoever it may be. If you're in a crisis right now, reach out. Because a lot of times what soldiers would do, 
to protect their army is they would link their shields together, link up with someone else. And then there's the helmet of salvation. How many of us know that where the battle starts is typically in our mind? The battlefield of the mind. The enemy wants to plant that lie. He wants to plant that negative thought there. There is a battlefield right now in our mind. When we experience trauma, the enemy wants us to make it feel like it's our fault or it's God's fault. But when we renew our mind and we trust in Jesus' death and resurrection, those thoughts become his thoughts and we receive his truth and we are set free. And then there's the sword of the spirit, the most effective weapon we have. And like I said, we don't just carry it around, we apply it, we use it. Because in Hebrews 4.12, it says it is living active, powerful than any two-edged sword. When we use God's word and we speak God's word in our battles, when we speak what his truth, what he has promised us, what his word says, it penetrates the spiritual realm and it opens our eyes to things that God wants us to see. How many of you know that you may read a verse or a chapter over and over again, and then one day, all of a sudden, you see that chapter or verse completely different? That's that rhema moment. God speaks through his word. And we have to hide that word in our heart. We have to apply it to our lives. His word is living and active. God's word is a lamp, it's an instruction, it's a guide, and it gives us an awareness of the enemy's strategies. And like I said, the enemy has used the same strategies over and over again in life. Over and over again when we read the stories in the Bible, we see his strategies. The enemy wants us to live in fear. We're experiencing that right now. The enemy wants to instill fear in our lives because he knows that fear will keep us stuck in the same cycle and we will be ineffective. He knows that if we're living in fear, we won't step out in our calling. We won't take the risk. We won't share the good news with other people. We won't testify. We won't share our testimonies. It'll keep us stuck but when we receive God's perfect love, perfect love cast out all fear. Max Lucado said it best in one of his books. He said, fear never wrote a play. Fear never scored a home run in a baseball game. Fear never wrote a symphony. Imagine what we can do if we receive God's love and denounce fear in our lives. And then there's lies. The enemy, like I said, he wants to plant those lies in our minds. He wants us to believe those lies because he knows when we do, there's an open door. We have to be aware of those lies and we have to close the door to the enemy. And then there's temptation. And the last one I want to talk about is pride because I think a lot of times we forget about pride. 
we think it's not that big of a deal, but pride is dangerous. Pride is dangerous because when we are prideful, we're relying on ourselves and not God. And when we rely on ourselves, we are ineffective in the battle. We are ineffective. Remember I said, we can't rely on our strength in this battle. We have to rely on God's strength. Pride causes you to be able to give advice, but not receive advice, not be able to receive truth. Pride keeps you judgmental. And pride causes you to rely on yourself instead of God. We have to check ourselves daily. We have to pray for that humility. We have to ask for God to humble ourselves. We have to suit up, be alert, be aware, and study the plan of the enemy. We cannot stand down. We have to stand up and fight. The enemy wants to rob you of your identity. The enemy wants to attack your identity. He wants to attack your family. He wants to attack the church more than ever before right now. He wants to attack a society. He wants to bring division and chaos. And guess what? We have got to have an intimate relationship with the Father. We've got to go to Him daily because guess what? Our kids depend on it. Our families depend on it. There is an attack right now on children. Their voice is being taken away and we have to rise up and use our God-given voice and fight for our families. The enemy wants to stop future generations because he knows what future generations can do. He wants to stop the blessings over your family. And he wants to cause division and destruction and confusion. We have to suit up and be alert and be aware because our families depend on this. The enemy can no longer rob our families and rob our children of their blessings, of their inheritance. We have to stand up, take our place, and use our God-given voice and fight more than ever before. Jesus secured our victory on the cross. The battle's been won, and in him you have all you need. You are covered. You are protected And the last thing I want to say is do not retreat, but trust. Like I said earlier, it's been a hard year for all of us. And I was having one of those moments one day in my prayer time where I was pretty mad at God, asking God, where are you? Where are you? What is going on? I do not understand any of this. I feel like you've abandoned. I feel alone. And I heard God in that moment say two words to me, trust me. And you think in that moment, you're like, okay, God, I just unleashed. I am mad. And that's what you have to say to me? <laughs> and he said, trust me. Trust me. Surrender. Surrender that problem. Surrender it to me. Allow me to work. 
Allow me to fill you. Rely on my strength. Stop trying to control it on your own. It'll never work. Trust me. In Psalm 46, 10, verse 11, it says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. He does not abandon. His word says he does not abandon. And he will not rest until his children are restored. He has fought for us and he still fights for us today. He is our mighty fortress. He not only protects, but he leads us forward in victory. I think a lot of times we look at that scripture and it says, be still. And we think, okay, I'll just sit down and relax and let you, you know, go on about your way, God. But I think that be still and know that I'm God is our battle cry. It's our war cry. To be found, to have that firm foundation, be grounded in knowing that he is God. He is our mighty fortress. And in him, we are victorious. We are victorious. I'm going to ask them to put a picture on the screen. And I said in the 9 a.m., I got to give the photo credits to my husband. <laughs> but this is our land. And the other day, um, we were pulling in. We had been somewhere. And we were pulling in. It just got done raining. And Paul goes, oh, my gosh, look. Look at that rainbow. And I said to my kids, I said, that's a reminder of God's promises. And my son said, his double promises. And in that moment, I was reminded of, of a word that was spoken over Paul and I and our family at the beginning of the year. We've gone through some pretty hard things in the past 10 years. And um, Isaiah 61, verse 7, was spoken over our family. And it was spoken of, you know, the, the shame and dishonor that you've experienced. That will be no more. You'll have a double portion of joy, a double portion of honor, all of those things. And so in that moment, I was reminded of God's promises. And I firmly believe that each day we have to speak those promises over our lives, speak them over our family. That's all a part of going into battle. That's all a part of it. And um, over vacation, how many of you know, sometimes you got to go on vacation so you can see things clearly? <laughs> sometimes your boss is like, you need to take extra days because I can tell you're getting really tired. <laughs> Anyways, so we went to Tennessee this year. And there was one morning I was sitting out on the porch and I was praying and reading and that Isaiah 61, seven scripture came back to me, but I went on to read Isaiah 62. And if you want to later to look at that chapter, um, God started speaking to me through that chapter. And in that chapter, it talks about how um, they will no longer be called, you know, like desolate, deserted, and that God's gonna, you know, there's gonna be watchmen on the wall and that, you know, they're going to be marked by God. And God started speaking to me about pathway. We have a lot going on in our world right now, a lot of things going on in our world, in our church. 
And there have been so many promises that have been spoken over Pathway. And I believe that God is going to fulfill every single one of those promises. And what God began to show me is he said, and I'm going to read this to you, and I just want you to take a moment and receive this because this is about you. This is about you guys, our Pathway Church family. It says, we have been in a crisis of faith. We've asked where God is in all of this. Does he hear us? What about the promises that he spoke over us, over Pathway? But God says there is a purpose in this season. He does not abandon and he has not abandoned us. He is fighting for his church and will not rest until we are restored. He will not keep silent. He will not keep still until the glory of what he has done shines bright. There has been a testing of faith, but we are to be vigilant and to not rest. We will prevail Pathway has been a beacon of light and will be a beacon of light to the nations. God will use Pathway to be the beacon of light that expels darkness and brings light and life into the dark, heavy, dry places in people's lives. God will exchange the trials and shame for glory and protection over Pathway. He will exchange the old for the new. We will receive our inheritance that he has promised. God is sending warriors. I see so many of them right now in this room. But he is sending those who will not run from this battle. Those who will not waver when things get difficult or who are unreliable. He is sending those who will war for the church his church. He is sending those who will reject every assignment of the enemy, anything that produces division or confusion. These people will not be gossips or critics. They will be warriors who will stand strong and fight in prayer. Pathway will be marked by God, and it will be known that we are favored and chosen by God. People will be attracted to come through the recognizing the mark of God on His church. This is not a time to rest, but this is a time to war. This is not a time to stand down, but this is a time to be vigilant and fight. Do not stand down. Keep going. Keep pushing. Prepare the way. Don't give up. Take your God-given place. Take your God-given place. If you'll stand with me now. And today in closing, I want to take a moment. And you heard me talk a lot today about a relationship with Jesus. And we never want to leave this place without giving someone the opportunity to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, the best decision you'll ever make. So with every head bowed for just a moment, if that's you, if you wanna receive Jesus, trust in Him, be a part of the family of God, just lift up your hand.
And if you raised your hand or maybe you wanted to, you could pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I trust you. You died on the cross for me. You chose me. And I choose today to walk with you. I choose a relationship with you. Change me. Work in my life. Heal the broken places in my life. I love you, Jesus. In church today, I felt like in this moment, I need to pray over you. I want to pray over you today. And I want us to receive this word. And I want you to receive this prayer. I want to pray over you and I want to pray over our families. So right now I'm going to pray and I just ask you to just spend this moment with God. Just rest and receive what he has for you. Jesus, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person that is here, every person that is watching online, and every person that will be here. Father, I lift up this church to you. I lift up our families to you. Father, I pray that you will work in every situation in our lives, that we will begin to rise up as warriors and we will take our place as children of God. We receive your blessings. We receive your inheritance. And right now we cancel every assignment, every attack of the enemy over our lives, over our families, over our church, over our children. We cancel it right now in the name of Jesus. And we receive your blessings that you have for us. Blessings for us. Blessings for our children. Blessings for future generations. We speak those blessings into existence right now. And we break every curse off of future generations right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you will equip us, that we will stand up and fight, and we will battle, God. We will battle for your children, for this church for our society, God. Work in our lives right now. I speak protection and blessings in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for what you're gonna do in our lives, in our church, and what you're gonna do through Pathway, a beacon of light into the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. You received that today? All right, I want us to all walk out of here changed, to take our place and use our voice. And if you have anything that you need somebody to pray with you about, text prayer to this number on the screen, and we have an amazing team of people who are ready, who want to pray for you and talk to you today. I love you, church. We'll see you next weekend.